0: Double H-U-double-L-C-I-T-Y. 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 H-U-double-L-C-I-T-Y.
1: That's Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always Alex and with me I have Dan. How are you Dan?
0: I'm good, Alex. How are you?
1: I'm very good. Yeah, we've had the week off well-rested during the international break and uh, we've got a bit of football to look forward to this weekend. So we'll start off with um, kind of a discussion around the game just before the international break and then we'll move into a preview of this weekend's game against Wigan. But um, I guess it's a point earned against Millwall rather than two dropped. Um, We sort of talked last week about the fact that, you know, it's a hard place to go and if we could get a point out of the game, it'd be a good result. But I guess the manner of it was um, was reasonably promising without really setting the world on fire, but um, I guess disappointing later on with Maginus getting sent off as well. so a sort of a mixed bag of a game, I guess.
0: yeah, it was a <clears throat> it was definitely a weird game. Um, I think if but like if you could take the performance that we, the way we played and the performance that we put out, you would probably actually expect to have actually won that game. But just with the weird circumstances that surrounded it with, um, you know, like Terrell coming on and then going back off within two minutes, yeah. you know, and just <clears throat> strange, um, strange little moments like that, which, you know, uh, at the, a, a wasted sub is never, um, you know, it's never a good, it's never good, let alone in, in a division like the the championship, um, and <clears throat> in a tight game like that. It's I guess it would be a different story if you're up three nil and and Terrell comes on and then goes off. You you can probably manage, but when it's close like that, um, it's particularly damaging. And I think cons- when you consider that and how the game ended, we did um, remarkably well to to still hold on for that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we essentially finished the game with nine men with that Terrell injury, and then obviously um, injuries down back didn't help either with Burke and Pennington picking up knocks as well. So um, it sounds as if, from what McGann said, that they'll be fit for the game against Wigan, but um, I guess it's concerning, given probably the lack of depth in the squad at the moment, that it's a bit concerning that we're sort of picking up those sorts of knocks and injuries. And I know uh, Dan Batty was announced as being sort of a... You know, um, not an overly serious, but a prolonged absence with that ankle injury, whether he's back this week or next week, I'm not sure, but it, it sounded like it was probably a bit of a problematic one. Um, so, it, you know, not not, not not the sort of thing you want to be picking up when we don't have a huge squad to begin with. Um, I guess on the positive sides of things, um, Grzicki with an absolutely incredible goal from near the halfway line, probably an early contender for goal of the season.
0: Yeah, it was... Um... It was a it was a crazy goal. It was amazing. Um, when he lined up to take it, I mean, I didn't really foresee it happening. But um, there's no, I I don't ever believe there are people out there saying that you know it was a cross gone right, you know, or whatever. No, but no, I don't no. really, I I don't believe it for a second. I think he's he's a kind of He's a kind of the kind of player who is willing to you know try. This try the spectacular, Um, and I think he just got it. He got it just right, and um, you know, I think in terms of the rest of the game, he played really well as um, uh, as a whole. It wasn't just you know that he pulled out one moment of magic. I think he was he was dangerous throughout, um, and we were unlucky um, probably to not score a couple, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the sort of guy that I think would try that sort of thing. I don't think you can really say it was a cross gone wrong. I think he definitely meant to go for that shot and uh, and really sort of struck it sweetly. I, I did like during uh, the last week, I think McGann was caught on, on film during training, um, also <laughs> scoring quite a long range free kick and uh, Grzicki sort of came back to him with um, a, a comment about it as well saying, you know, not as good as mine or something like that, which I thought was kind of fun to see, you don't often see, I guess you'll see more and more these days with managers but I guess it's been a bit rare up until now to have managers on social media as well, Um, I guess we first experienced it with Adkins and now McGann as well but it's kind of funny seeing that back and forth between um, manager and players Um, i Yes, the main talking point, or one of the main talking points as well, was uh, Eves getting dropped up forward for uh, Magenis to start the game. What did you make of that? Do you, sort of, um, do you sort of agree that it was probably the right idea to take him out of the limelight and give Magennis a go? I mean, Magenis had played quite well in the Cup. Um, but, you know, whether, whether that'll help Eve sort of um, <coughs> kind of, you know, get his mind straight or whether that could actually make things worse?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I know we, were talk- we talked about it last time about <clears throat> how well Magenis, um, how he'd taken his chance in the cup um, and performed really well and he'd probably earned um, some game time. I didn't really think that it was going to come in a start in that last game right before the international break. It seemed, to. I mean, it seems like a weird time to, to make that drop because it- you-, you leave Eves with, with you know, two two weeks or whatever a long time to wait before he gets that like that opportunity to to try and you know to earn his spot back or, or to you know if now that Magenis is suspended that Eves gets that spot back but he's had to wait now so long between um, between that time
1: yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see um, I guess. Especially with the news now that Dicko's been let, let go on loan. I guess it almost makes it his position by default this weekend. Um, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess now we can move on to talk about the, the transfer window that did close just after that game against Millwall, um, where I guess there was sort of speculation that Milinkovic and Henriksen were both going to be let, let go, um, and we did a bit of shopping around for them. Nothing materialised in the end for them. Um, what do you sort of make of that and, and how do you see their positions in the squad? I mean, it's uh, it's a little bit of an awkward situation where they're, um, I guess, sort of welcomed back into the squad. It's not as if they're not going to play, but they've clearly been um, told that they don't have a place or that there's no sort of place for them at the club. And now I guess we just sort of have to make one for them. <coughs>
0: Yeah, it is a um, it's an interesting situation because I feel like for the most part, when you know, when a club sets a player sort of aside and says, "Look, you know, we probably don't see you know your, your future here. We're bringing in replacements. You know, take your opportunity um, to go when it comes." It's not that often that like that it doesn't um, sort of that the player doesn't sort of you know, take advantage of that opportunity to, to go somewhere and and, um, take up a new contract elsewhere, let alone to have two players um, be in the same situation at the same club at the same time. And neither of them um, able to move on. I feel like it's, I think it's going to be, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. I think Henriksen has the class um, that he would be able to step back into the team easier, but there's also now more obstacles for him to get into the team. Um, in terms of Milinkovic if he knuckles down and trains for all intents and purposes he's he can't be any worse off than um, Josh Bowler in terms of the, the pecking order um, they're sort of both stuck behind um, Grisicki and Bowen and it's going to be whoever you know trains is training the best <clears throat> but I feel like yeah, it's a, there's a little bit more depth in that in the centre of the park um, and it that a few more players that Henriksen's got to push past. But, um, I mean, he still managed to get uh, – he hasn't played for uh, what? Basically
1: all season. I mean, he, he yeah. played for Norway. He played some preseason.
0: But, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, he hasn't played in all that time since since preseason, which is – what's it, about six weeks ago or something? Yeah. And he sat out. They sat him out for the first game um, for Norway, but he made his fiftieth cap um, in the uh, one all with Sweden, um, which is their sort of local derby in terms of internationals. So, the 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 fact that the trust is still there for for him after not playing for so long, um, I think speaks volumes of his quality. And I'd have no. I have no problems if if he can work his way back in um, and play because he was so good for us last year to be um, last season, to be fair. So I don't think um, any of that's lost. He's come out and said that, you know, now that he's here and he knows that he's here, you know, he's, he's committed to the club and committed to, you know, to making us successful this year. And I, um, I feel like he's a pretty honest sort of a player and I could, I'd be um, willing to take his word on that.
1: Yeah, and I think the way it's sort of um, unfolding where we seem to be, because of our pressing game style and the high f- uh, intensity of it, um, having those midfield options to rotate through that three-man midfield is actually quite useful. And um, obviously we've got Lopez, who's essentially the Hendrickson replacement. We've got Batty, we've got Irvine, we've got uh, Stewart. It's sort of the, the four or five, and Honeyman, of course, as well, so the five or six-man uh, rotation in that sort of three-man midfield. Um, but obviously now with Batty injured, uh, with someone like Irvine coming back from a, a pretty long trek for international duty as well. Um, and, and uh, you know, Honeyman's sort of been in and out of the side as well with, so, uh, you know, small, small injuries. Um, having that extra body is actually quite important, I think. Um, so it's not as if there isn't a place for him. I don't think he's been as replaced as some would suggest. Milinkovic is probably the, the one who's less likely to get a position in the side, I think, especially with Bowler as, as that depth player um, um, makes it a bit tougher for him. Um, I guess the interesting one as well was Nuadiko being allowed to leave on loan to Vitesse, where he's re, uh, joined back up with um, Slutsky. Um, interesting in the sense that we've only got now two recognised strikers on the books, but... Um, Phil Buckingham, in the last day or so, has also said that we've curr- we're we currently trialling uh, Norbert Baloch, I think is how you would pronounce that. He's a Hungarian forward, was at Palermo in Serie B, but I think they've been expelled from that league for a few different reasons. And as a, as a result, all of their players are now available on a free transfer. Um, so it'd be, we've been trialling him. Um, he's sort of a... he's a, he's a tall kind of lanky forward, I think he's sort of been called the Hungarian Peter Crouch, so um, had a decent enough record in the Greek league, I believe, when he was there on loan, Um, and of course it's the club that we signed Abel Hernandez from, so, you know, a bit of a a pedigree coming from there for us as well, so um, that'll be an interesting one, I think it's a no-brainer that we need to bolster our striking options, um, and... I sort of assumed that we had someone in mind when we let Dicko go on loan, so it was a little bit surprising that we haven't signed anyone to this point. Um, but what did you make of Dicko being let go?
0: Um, it kind of caught me off guard, to be honest. I didn't actually expect him to to go, but um, I don't know. I guess like his scoring record over the like in the course of the time he's been here has sort of it's not anything to be um amazed at so um yeah it is interesting i think as you mentioned with the like the lack of depth there i think the only like benefit that i can see i guess is it opens it potentially opens the door at least maybe for a little while until if we do you know sign um one of the many free, age, um, f- free agent players that maybe it opens the door for um, uh, Keen Lewis Potter to get a little bit of game time um, in the championship. But um, I think, I mean, like Dicker going to Vitesse and reuniting with Slutsky, um, I mean, I, ho- I wish him all the best. I hope he has a successful time there um, and gets back into some goal-scoring form. Um and just has, has a good time because, I mean, to be fair, he, has, he probably hasn't had a great time um, at City, but he's never um, shirked his responsibility and he's never had a bad word to say about the club. so
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he was an interesting signing and people were a bit surprised when, um, when you, you look at the, the stats and you hear that he was signed for three and a half million, which... Um, considering that was only two years ago and that was Will we back in the Championship, that's a lot of money to be outlaying on a player who, with no disrespect to Dicko, um, I guess when you're hearing that sort of sum of money, you're, you're sort of hoping for a little bit more of a return on it. Um, I guess the only other one in the squad who's probably comparable in terms of um, a large outlay on our return to the Championship is Kevin Stewart. And, of course, he was uh, pretty underwhelming to start with but has now settled in fantastically well. So... Um, you know, I guess, it's, I guess it's interesting when you look back on some of the signings that we were making at the time. I guess Irvine would be another one. I think he was a couple of million. Um, but we didn't have a whole lot of money at the time and to be splashing out that sort of money, I guess it's it's a bit disappointing with how it's panned out, but um, certainly wish him all the best in, uh, in Vitesse. Um, we'll look ahead now to the game on Saturday against Wigan and, and it's great news here in Australia that it's televised, so it's uh, more readily available than it otherwise would have been. Of course, having Tigers-heavy would have meant that we would have been able to access it anyway, but being on BN Sports here, um, as well as KO, makes it um, very easily accessible. Um, huge game against Wigan. I mean, they're 22nd in the table, so they're two spots below us, and um, home game means there's really no excuses to not get three points against them. We really need to get the three points on the board and start moving up the table.
0: Yeah, it... Um... I think we sort of. I mean, there's been a lot of comparisons um, in, you know, Hull Daily Mail and things about how where we sit compared to last year, and I think we're only one point better off than we were at this point last season. Um, but the point was made: like last year, we went on, we still managed to get within touching distance of the playoffs. Um, so I think, uh, I think you're like we do need to to be picking up points now, um, and I think with the the week the international break and a bit of extra time training and working on those combinations and working on um the style of play and and getting everyone just um up to speed and just and gelling together a bit more as well hopefully um i think we should start to see some um some of these positive performances um getting turned into points
1: um i guess the lineup will be quite interesting uh magenis out-suspended, as we sort of touched on, which I guess hands a start to Eves. Um, in terms of our defence, I guess that's the other big sort of focal area where we might see a change. With Pennington lined up, I think, at right-back against Millwall, and then we had Lehigh at left-back. Of course, we could switch Lehigh to right-back and maybe start Fleming. Um, if Device and Burke are both fit, I think they're probably the, the, the number one choices there. Um, and I guess the other decision to be made is in midfield, if Irvine is potentially a bit leggy from his journey back, um, from his time with the Socceroos, whether we see Henriksen thrown in straight away, whether we see Lopez get a start, uh, could be quite interesting. I, I guess those are sort of the two, two main areas of uh, decision-making.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I, I probably can't really see Henriksen coming straight back in, Um but, I mean, I I can see, like, he, w- he would absolutely do the job if he, if he was thrown in. I just don't know if McCann um, would, after being, like, out for so long, just yeah. to go, you know, go, you're at the bottom of, you know, we have no y- use for you, essentially. I've signed your replacements, and then go, oh, you're still here? Okay, back in the first 11. <laughs> it's a bit of a, um, it'd be an interesting um, stance to take, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Eves obviously is going to have to come in from a genus. Otherwise, you're overlooking Eves and, and throwing someone, you know, like Keane Lewis Potter in to start. And I think if Eves' confidence wasn't damaged um, beforehand, it certainly would be by a decision like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, maybe <clears throat> um, if, uh, if Pennington's still uh, n- unfit, um, then I guess, yeah, someone like Fleming in it. At- at left back and, and pushing Lehigh back across um, makes sense um, I think um, yeah and I think you're right with in terms of it, I guess it'll be um, a conversation that would be had with Jackson uh, when he arrives back in hull um, in regards to whether he um, is comfortable to start or whether he um, you know starts on the bench or sits out the game entirely but um, I I dare say that you know, it would probably be that, that midfield three of Stuart, Irvine, and Honeyman to start. Um, I probably wouldn't be surprised to see Hendrickson sit on the bench, um, even though even I just said that he won't come straight back in. But just, you know, I guess quite, they've got to start just,
1: easing him back in um, yeah. sooner rather than think, later. You want to give him some legs and, and get him involved.
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard to. There comes a point, you know, he's here now. You know, he's here until at least January, um, and it would be uh, a, a strange, um, silly decision just to sit him on the sidelines and not utilize him when you know the quality possesses. You know where he sits within the squad. He's a well, you know, he's captain last year. He's a well-respected, you know, hard-working midfielder. Um, so I think sooner rather than later, he will start to be more involved. Um, in come match day.
1: What's your score prediction for this one?
0: Oh, um Wigan score prediction. Um look, I think I think it's probably I think like I think we can go a 2-1 win to be honest. I think um I'm still not completely sold by the defense at all times. Um and we sort of we look better um than we have in the past, but we still sort of look like we're um, we get a little bit exposed out wide um, fairly regularly, um, and particularly and and not it's not meant to be a slant against Fleming. He's a good up and coming young um, fullback, but on with the couple of young guys um, that have um, him and McKenzie, I think um, when they've come in, they have at times been a little bit um, exposed by just more experienced um players or um potentially a lack of uh, a little bit of lack of cover from some of their um senior senior more senior teammates but um i think i think we have we offer enough going forward and i think i saw something the other day some stat that we are i think like equal eighth in terms of chance creation in the league at the minute um it's just the converting those that's is where we're falling down but um, I think our midfield is starting to, you know, they're they're getting in the in the rhythm and they're start, and they're chipping in a little bit. Um, Irvine's chipped in. Stewart should have chipped in against Mil, uh, against Millwall, um, but yeah, I think um, and I, I know Honeyman can can score a couple of goals, so I think uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm tipping a two-one victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at Millwall's uh, Millwall's Wigan's last month. They, uh, they haven't been too high-scoring, so I would be hopeful that if we're going to get a shutout, it would be in this game. So I'd be hoping for something like a 2-0 win. Um, the last element of this game that we can't uh, leave unspoken is, of course, it's the return of David Marshall to the KCOM, um, which will be interesting in and of itself. Um, coming up against a lot of his former teammates, it, it, it'll be an interesting one. Um, I guess, um, you know... Whether we come up against Fraser Campbell in a couple of months remains to be seen. Um, I suspect he'll probably be in the lineup uh, for Huddersfield, but Marshall um, Marshall's probably the first former player that we've come up against in, in a little while. Uh, most of our former players have uh, migrated to the Premier League um, or other leagues. Um, what do you sort of, what do you think the reception will be for him? I, I would suspect it's going to be a, a pretty positive one, given the way that he sort of turned his City career around
0: yeah i i would see no reason why he wouldn't receive a warm reception at the kcom um <clears throat> i think you know over the last couple of seasons we've um been out to see um uh, i guess what we expected when he first signed we knew what he was he was capable of but he had a bit of a, a rough start to his um hull city life so um no but i i, I think the fans will remember him well um and they will um show their appreciation for his time with us um, on the weekend.
1: Um, and I guess now we can look ahead to our, well, we can look back at our football flashback, um, which was a 4-1 win over Millwall back in the 2012-2013 season, if I'm not out by there, Yeah, 2012-2013 Sounds right. Yes, it was. It wasn't the season before that. Um, under Bruce, where we really sort of started to kickstart a promotion push um, early that season. we would beaten Bolton 3-1 the week before um, before the international break and then knocked off Millwall 4-1 at home. Um, I guess the, the, the main thing that's really interesting to me out of this one, and I tweeted about it a little bit earlier, was it just amazes me that, um, say, Olaf and Jana was in our lineup up when... Um, I sort of associate him with our relegation season from the Premier League a few years earlier. And, and he was one of those players where um, he, was on a, he, was, he was on a big money contract and um, obviously with the club in a bit of financial trouble at the time, guys like Zayati, um, Gardner, um, uh, Giovanni, uh, you know, all those sorts of guys that were big parts of that um, Premier League season or Premier League era. Um, Jimmy Bullard as well, all sort of slipped out of the club one way or the other, whether it, whether it was a free transfer, whether it was um, um, basically you know um, being released or whatever. So the fact that he was still around when I sort of associate that season under Bruce as um, the first season of that new crop of Premier League players, so even though they'd been at the club for maybe 6 or 12 months before that, you had your David Mylers, your Robbie Bradys, your... James Chesters, your um, El Mohamedy, Quinn, Luco, Corrin, all those guys who, who, yes, they'd kind of come together at various points over the previous few seasons, but that was sort of the season that they were all at the club. Um, It's kind of weird to associate a player from that former era with still being there during that one. Um, Of course, the other one who I don't think played in this game, um, but um, um, uh, Andy Dawson. Um, was still at the club as well. So I think he was also sort of, I guess, the last link to that former era as well. But, um, yeah, very very interesting that Olaf and Jana started in that one. But um, it was interesting looking back at the highlights, I guess. Um, it, it was great to sort of see um, the, the, the team in full flight and free scoring and really sort of attacking it. And, and yeah, getting that sort of momentum started um, on that push for promotion. And Jay Simpson and, and Sonny Aluko... It, it, it's hard not to feel a bit frustrated looking back at the start of that season and, and how free-scoring Aluko was uh, and feel a bit of frustration at the way that his City career was very much cruelled with um, those uh, Achilles injuries, I think it was, um, that he not only suffered in that season but then again in the Premier League season the following year because he started that season in a very similar fashion and, and we sort of talked a couple of weeks ago about that Newcastle 3-2 result where he scored a pretty spectacular winner. Um... And, and sort of, you know, he promised a lot and unfortunately his body let him down on, on so many occasions. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it's great sort of looking back on that side in full flight with, you know, your Stephen Quinn and your El is also really kind of coming to life.
0: Yeah, um, I think we, would, we, would, we were talking about this game um, before we came on air and I mentioned that this was uh, coincidentally like... Like right before I started um, following Hull, so I'm not familiar with the game, but I am familiar with most of the players. I never saw um, Amos in goal for us, but I do remember um, almost all of that starting eleven. I've got some. um, I think I always liked Aluko as a as a player, and I think I think you're right. He's just just unlucky with um with injuries um and he never i mean i never get i never really saw him fully hit his straps but i think by the time i sort of came in he was sort of on the he was a bit on the on the outskirts of the or the peripherals of the of the squad um but and that was possibly with due to injury and stuff but i think he sort of as as i as i began to to follow he was um sort of fading out of his uh city career but um no i think there's uh there's there's some definitely some 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 fond memories of some of those players um in that from that team
1: yeah, and I guess it's, it's interesting sort of seeing sort of the, the, the foundations put in place for that Premier League season where um, you think, you know, apart from Amos in goal, um, I guess Faye at centre-back, even though he sort of stuck around and was there in that first Premier League season, I guess you say you, you replaced him with Curtis Davies in, in, in the centre-back position, um, Amos in goal with McGregor, dudgeon at left-back with, I guess, originally Figueroa in that first season, but then obviously Andy Robertson. Um, that that team isn't, you know, miles away from the side that that kept us up in that Premier League season. Obviously, that the main additions were Huddleston and Livermore in that central midfield, and then a bit later on Yelovich and Long up top. But um, yeah, that that side isn't miles away from a side that kept us in the Premier League, which is kind of amazing. That you think. Um, the building blocks were put in place so early in that campaign. Um, I think really the only one who might not have ju- quite joined by that point was David Myler, and he, he would have, I'm sure, only joined a couple of weeks later at most, um, unless, unless I'm not mistaken. I, uh, the thing is that the rules around loan players have changed so much over the years. It's hard to remember... Um, remember when players joined based on that but I think he might have originally joined on one of those short term loans that you could orig- you could get back in the day with like you know an 8 week loan or whatever um and before before making it a permanent switch I think in January um yeah so okay so it looks like he joined in November yeah okay so a bit uh, you know a couple of months after this game um so he cuz he he went out on loan um from 8th of November till January. So that's like a two-month sort of loan. Um, and then I guess he, he he signed on a permanent deal um, that January, yeah, on the 8th of January 2013. So, so just after that loan would have expired. So um, he was sort of that last building block to be put in place that season uh, as far as, as, as the Premier League players. I guess George Boyd signed a bit later in that season and we had a few others kind of come in and out of the side. But um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of... Interesting looking back on that lineup and thinking how many of those players then ran out in the uh, the Premier League for us the following season, but um, I guess the other remarkable thing about that game, or <laughs> frustrating in a way, was we were 4-0 up at half-time in that game and you sort of thought that it could really become sort of a blowout, demolition sort of game, uh, and then in the second half, Millwall scored and that was it, so it was a 4-1 result, um, which I guess you don't see too often, but... Um, I guess to some extent, when you're already up four nil at halftime, you you kind of tend to put the cue in the rack.
0: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> when you go in four 0 up at time, I guess it's it, it would be it's hard to motivate the players to sort of to to go and lift another gear like um, you would normally. Um, and if the game was closer, you would be you know trying to motivate them to to, to, to go and put the game to bed. But at four nil, you sort of would expect the game's already. Um, Sort of the result would be decided just about, um, barring a miracle. So, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, and it is, it's, uh, it is definitely interesting looking back at, at that squad and thinking about just the different things that some of those guys, um, were a part of. Like, there's a few of those guys that were in the our, you know, FA Cup final game, yeah, uh, yeah. So Quinn playing um, a
1: huge part in that um, FA Cup final um, hmm. and starting in this one, Bruce as well, Chester, you know, um, yeah, it's it's and I I feel sometimes like um, I think in the last year or so, we've got that back a little bit where we've got that nuclear starting to grow in the squad. Um, I think for a little while, it was a bit concerning that the squad was changing so drastically year on year. Um, but now when you look at the squad and you see, so Burke and Device have now been our centre-backs for 12 months, just about. Um, you've got, you know, Irvine, um, and Stewart in midfield have basically been there the whole time. Um, and then obviously Grzycki and Bowen on the wings. It's, it's good to have that sort of core part of the squad. Um, so I think when the players talked last season about, you know, needing to gel before they could go on that decent run, I think we've got that a little bit more this season. and I guess you sort of hope if slash when Grishiki and Bowen go, uh, we can find some adequate replacements, and we don't sort of see half the squad leaving at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's I guess that's the concern. Um, but I just I mean I just hope that um, they have sort of I guess again with that international break now just had I guess had that chance to gel a little bit more, and that they'll they'll come out on the weekend and um and and just show 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 what they're about um because we sort of know but they are, it's sort of been uh, just in a few moments in in different games where they have really showed it i'd just like them to be able to go out for for 90 minutes and just you know say what they've got to say um with the ball at their feet
1: absolutely well hopefully we can kick that all off with a win this weekend against wigan thank you for joining me dan
0: no worries
1: And thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Uh, You've been listening to The Tigers Down Under, and we'll be back this time next week. So until then, come on, City! You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group, or follow us on Twitter, at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.
0: There's no turning back cause you're out